is up? My name is Bria Wanamaker. I'm a registered psychotherapist, a speaker, a personal trainer, and I'm obsessed with the mind-body connection and the effects that chronic stress, anxiety, depression, and our lifestyle patterns have on our mental and physical well-being. Through this podcast, it's my goal to help empower you with the knowledge, skills, and wisdom to fuel your body, mind, and soul. This is called the Better Bodies Podcast in an effort to help us learn how to have better bodies. And what that means to me is to have more energy, be less fatigued, exhausted, and burnt out, and to help us develop more love and connection toward ourselves and with others versus the old narrative of hustle and grind culture and building better bodies that are simply for aesthetic purposes. In this podcast, you can expect to hear some solo episodes from me, and I'll also bring on guests who will share their expertise and life experiences to help us participate fully in our daily lives. Welcome. Let's dive on in. What's up, y'all? And welcome back to another episode of the Better Bodies podcast. It's Fuel Up Friday, and today we are fueling up with a quick little pump up for you. I realized how much, like, if I am in kind of like a low mood, or I just like feel like I need someone who understands or like gets me to just like pump me up, I realized how much I really seek out podcasts in that moment. Like, if I'm just gonna go, walk my dog or like do the dishes or fold laundry or something. And I'll put like a pump up podcast on in the back and then leave it feeling so motivated, energized and like, yeah, just kind of reset and grounded. So I realized how much I need that in my life. And then I was like, Hmm, I just do a lot of, um, information giving and like chatting, which is wonderful. But I was like, I also want to be that person who, pumps people up and, and allows them to feel grounded. And so today I wanted to talk to you briefly, um, just to get you feeling understood and heard and grounded and capable and empowered. Um, and so I want to talk about the refractory period. And so what that looks like, let me give you a little backstory first. Okay. So (laughs) with emotional reactions. We can often feel like, especially, you know, when you're working on your mental health, maybe you are going to therapy, maybe you're trying to be more open and communicate things with your partner or with your family, those around you. Um, and you're, you know, journaling, doing your meditation, going on walks, just taking really good care of your mental and physical well-being. Then we have sometimes those moments where we are emotionally triggered and we react and it feels like it sets us back and you're just like, crap, I haven't reacted in that way in a long time. Who am I? What am I doing? I've been working so hard and just all those emotions come flooding back, right? Like I often use this example of like, flipping somebody off while you're driving and like that doesn't feel good. You could be going about your day having like such an amazing day and being so chill and calm and like genuinely happy and then somebody cuts you off and it's scary, right? Like 
fear goes off in your brain. Those stress hormones are dumped into your bloodstream. Cortisol, adrenaline, noepinephrine. We have that reaction, that fight, flight, or freeze response. And I think, you know, like when you're driving, because you're to be alert and defensive, um, is like how you are supposed to drive, defensive driving. Um, I think that we go more so into, in those moments, the fight response. Um, you know, like hopefully people don't freeze per se, like you need to be able to react and be ready. Um, and so in those moments, you're like honking the horn, slamming on the brake, flipping somebody off cause they cut you off. Um, and then, yeah, so there's that fear and all of those emotions come rushing to the forefront and you're consumed with that afterward. Okay. So that like emotional state really takes over. So you could have been in this best mood. You look hot. You are wearing a great outfit. You have done your makeup. You have had a really chill day so far. And then this event happens and you get into this heightened emotional state. And yeah. And then I think we've all felt that where now after that occurs, you're just like, oh, well now I'm in a shitty mood or wow, I've been doing so well at, you know, not whatever it is, getting angry at people or, you know, keeping my emotions in check or like communicating my needs in a healthy way, which like slamming on the horn and like flipping this person off who maybe just made a wrong turn. Like, and, and that's okay. And I was able to stop in time. You know, we don't have that necessarily like compassionate outlook when we're in that fight, flight, or fear freeze. Wow. That was a mouthful (laughs) fight, flight, or freeze fear response. Okay. We don't have that same compassionate outlook, um, because we're working from the limbic system in our brain, which is just that survival mode versus accessing the prefrontal regions of our brain, um, which helps with planning and organization and our personality traits and just all those other things that we want to be able to access, you know, our communication and interacting and responding to people versus reacting. So what I'm trying to say here is to sum this all up, it does not feel good when we have those emotional triggers or reactions. And this could be anything. It could be with a partner, friend, family. It could be at work. It could be this example, driving, anything that kind of sets you off and sends you into that, um, emotional experience. And on top of that, so one that doesn't feel good, but two, if you have been working specifically on like controlling your reactions to things or managing or healing what's going on inside of you that you feel irritable and grumpy and reacting to things, it can be even more painful because it feels like a setback. And so what I wanted to tell you today to encourage you to make you feel empowered and heard and understood is that it is not two steps back. It is not two steps back. You are still moving forward. 
I don't necessarily believe in setbacks. You know, it's not a quote unquote relapse. It is just a learning experience. So one, you need to be able to later on play that back and do some cognitive rehearsal, which is being able to picture the situation and what you would have done differently to elicit a different emotional response, the one that you do want to have. So one, I would replay it in your mind, like later on when you're calm and not driving and you're in a safe place. So replay that, decide how you would have preferred to answer, respond to the situation and also plan for the future. Okay. If this were to happen again, how would I do this? And it's kind of the same thing, but I find that sometimes if I ask myself, what would I have done? It's difficult to get in there because you're like, well, this is the situation that happened. We're still kind of emotionally charged around it. So then another way to look at it is, okay, what would I do if this happened again in the future? And it's just switching up those words that helps you kind of navigate through what's important to you. And so that's number one. Cognitive rehearsal is huge. It helps us to build new neural pathways within the brain, new neural connections versus continuing to react and practice um, based on our old ways of behaving, the old connections within our brain. And the brain is neuroplastic, which means we have the ability to adapt and change and learn and grow, which is phenomenal. So you are able to practice those changes ahead of time, um, through cognitive rehearsal, which is something in therapy, um, that, you know, you can work with your therapist. Like that's what is like kind of old terms would be like, Oh, let's role play. Um, but that's really what it is, is cognitive rehearsal where you are going through that situation. You know, if you have to have a challenging conversation with your partner, um, you can practice that in therapy. You can practice that with a friend. You can practice it in a mirror. Um, athletes do this professional athletes, um, rehearse in their mind before they, you know, play the game, they rehearse what they're going to do. They rehearse the outcome of the game. Like you would never sit there and close your eyes and picture your team losing. And it's like, you don't have control over what any other player is doing. You don't have control over, um, like, I don't know if you're playing an outdoor sport, you don't have control over the weather per se, (laughs) or any of the external factors, but you can control what is true for you and you can control your, um, responses to each event and how you want to behave and the outcome that you want. You can't necessarily control the outcome, but you can put in the behaviors and the efforts towards the outcome that you are seeking. Musicians do this, performers, actors, obviously like rehearsal. Um, that's why like, you know, there's dress rehearsals for before plays and before dance recitals and everything. And, um, we did this as a team. When I did competitive cheerleading, we would close our eyes, um, before going on stage and listen to the music um, of our routine and you kind of map it all out in your mind. You picture how you want it going. It, 
um, how you want it to go. And we would do this multiple times as a team. Um, and then, uh, when I was a coach, we also did that with the kids that we coached, uh, put their music on and they would mentally map out their routine in the way they wanted it to go. Um, and so I think that's, it's a really huge skill to be able to, um, you know, control your internal factors and create the outcome in your mind first before responding to different situations. So practicing cognitive rehearsal is huge. If something was emotionally triggering to you, how would you have preferred to respond? And also, um, what would you do in the future if this were to happen again? And yeah, like I said, it is not two steps back. It is not like relapsing into say you like struggle with food, fitness, body image, which is what this podcast is all about. Um, if you struggle with that and you, you know, say you've been doing well food wise in the sense of you've been allowing yourself to eat when you're hungry and stop when you're full and eat nourishing foods and, you know, not judging, um, based on, you know, if you have a treat here and there, not putting yourself worth and deservingness and value onto that. So you've been doing really well in that sense and you feel really balanced and connected and fulfilled. And then one day, say you miss a couple meals and you're like, crap, now I'm restricting again. Um, it doesn't mean it's two steps backward and it can be really comfortable to get stuck in those old habits of, oh, well now I do this. And the body and the brain are so used to those old behaviors. And that's how we spiral. That's how things can just keep going and building, even if we don't believe in that anymore. Um, so it really is about practice and repetition, both that cognitive rehearsal and then actually applying the behaviors to your real life and habituating yourself by continuing to repeat and practice. Same thing. Athletes, musicians, performers, actors, um, they rehearse. They don't just write a song and hop on stage and sing it and hope to make millions. Um, well, I don't know, maybe some do, and I'm sure there's like different spontaneous things like that that happen. But for the most part, there has been some practice, probably years and years of practice beforehand. And you, as you are emotionally reacting to things and feeling triggered, also keep in mind that you have been practicing that for years and years and years beforehand, right? Same thing, like if we're gonna talk, I'll continue using the example like food, fitness, body image, I have to keep reminding myself like, hey, yeah, for 10 years or however long you didn't allow yourself to have a flexible schedule, you viewed like treats as bad and that you must exercise like every single day till you are like absolutely exhausted. Like those were our beliefs. And not only were they our cognitive mental beliefs, they were our practices. Those were our habits. And I don't believe in that anymore. I don't believe in that lifestyle. I don't want that lifestyle. Holy crap. I don't want that lifestyle. But to remember that I practiced that. Those were the habits that I had. 
it's not in line with what I want anymore, but to remember what a slippery slope it is to be able to um, go back to using those neural pathways that have been carved out, those connections in my brain that have been practiced so much. So the important thing to do now is to, even if I slipped back into an old pattern, to stay conscious and really remember, okay, is this in line with what I want to be doing and not viewing it as two steps back. I like, say I did this X amount of intense exercise today and I'm like, oh, I feel so good. Quote unquote, feel so skinny. Um, that's not the mindset that I want to be in. (laughs) Um, that's not what I want to use exercise for anymore. So how can we shift that mindset? And that's not two steps back. That's moving forward. Um, maybe I will shorten the length of time that I exercise for. Maybe I will do a different kind. So just really keeping in mind what it is consciously that you want to engage in now and making those behavioral changes to get there. It is not two steps backward. You can keep moving forward, even if you feel triggered or you've been emotional or you've reacted in old ways, keep pushing on forward with whatever it is that you're working through. And the last piece that I wanted to talk to you about is, as I mentioned at the beginning, the refractory period. So Merriam-Webster dictionary defines the refractory period as the brief period immediately following the response, especially of a muscle or a nerve before it recovers the capacity to make a second response. So that in terms of, let's go back to the car example. Um, so we react and then we have this refractory period where you know that moment or like say you have a fight with your partner like honestly anything that's just like emotionally charged and heated you know that feeling when you're steaming and your mind is cloudy or maybe you're not even angry or mad um those are just the ones that like come to me at the forefront because i think angry and mad sticks with us for a little bit but maybe you're upset and you're literally crying or having a meltdown and you can't get off the floor and like just those really intense emotions um so what i'm saying is the refractory period is how long it takes us to recover and get back to that balance, that homeostasis, kind of clear those stress hormones out of our system, process what's going on. So I'll read you the definition again. The brief period immediately following the response, especially of a nerve or muscle, before it recovers the capacity to make a second response. So that's talking about the body, but it can also be applied to us in terms of mentally, psychologically, um, we do need that kind of like a recovery period, that processing period. So what I want to say to you is this, this doesn't mean brush things off, sweep things under the rug, um, just ignore it and get back on your feet. It means you have to process those emotional triggers so that you can work through them so that you can continue to move forward. And in that sense, it's not two steps back. It is a learning moment that will propel 
propel you forward. So the goal here is to shorten the refractory period, which is, it's really a beautiful thing. It really shows emotional maturity and growth um, when you realize, I've been working on this for a while, and when you realize that like, okay, yeah, this thing happened and I used to be passive aggressive and holding on to anger and pouting about it and like, quote unquote, it's like holding a grudge over something. Um, and I used to, and that's like just very inner child wounded behavior, right? Um, so it's like, I used to hold on to this for X amount of time and it would um, make me react to all these other things in all these other ways. Um, it's kind of like the person who says this one thing happened to me. So now the rest of my day is shit. Everything else is ruined. Everything else is wrecked. I'm in a bad mood now. So if you're making that decision, you are deciding to extend the refractory period for X amount of time. So what I'm encouraging you to do today is shorten that refractory period, close down that gap, work to process your emotions, acknowledge how you're feeling and what was triggering to you emotionally to get you into that heightened state, then use the cognitive rehearsal to practice what you would do in the future um, or what you would have done in that situation and then work towards putting those behaviors in place in your real life moving forward. And so I just want to let you know, it is 100% okay to feel your feelings. It's 100% to feel emotionally triggered. If you didn't feel that way, you wouldn't be a human. You wouldn't have your humanity, your beauty, your uniqueness, your intention, your connection with the world around you. It is totally okay and wonderful that you have these emotions. Let's work to compartmentalizing them and not dragging it out for the rest of the day and sharing that energy in everything else that you do. Let's shorten the refractory period. And that is how you show yourself self-love, self-care, self-trust that you don't want to carry that shit with you through the rest of your day. And you also don't want to just brush it off. It's that happy medium between the two, those two extremes. One is ignoring your feelings entirely. The other extreme is just that carrying it on. Find the middle, find the middle ground, close that refractory period before you're able to make another response that is in alignment with you. So I hope this was helpful for you. I hope you feel like if you are you know, reacting to certain things that you haven't reacted to in a while, or you don't want to, you know, be this way anymore. You don't want to be defensive when somebody says something to you. You don't, you, you know, we say like, oh, I accept feedback and criticism, but then maybe you actually don't at, like say it's at work or something like that. So I really, there are all of these, you know, behaviors that we do, um, and that we, things that we react to in our environment. So I want you to feel encouraged to continue making changes and know that it's not a setback. It's not a relapse. It's not two steps back. You are still continuing to move forward. It does require this bit of effort, this bit of work on your end to make it a learning and growth experience. And I know that you can do it. So we will chat soon. Bye. Bye.
Thank you so much for listening. If you love this podcast, you know, you're picking up what I'm putting down. It would mean the world to me if you gave it a rating, five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, because that helps other people get connected with the show and take in this information as well. And another great way that you can share uh, is by taking a screenshot of the episode on your phone, sharing it on social media, on your Instagram stories, and tag me in it so that we can get connected and chat more about this. I would love to hear your feedback and to see if there's any information that you want to know more about or guests that you think would be great to hear from on the show. So as always, fuel up my loves and we will chat again soon. Bye.